So Steve Bannon's set to go to a criminal trial, and now he's claiming that Donald Trump is waiving the claim of executive privilege, a claim that Donald Trump never had the right to waive in the first place and didn't exist. We're going to talk about that on today's podcast. The January 6th hearing gears up for its next session, starting at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 Pacific. Of course, you can catch that right here on the Midas Media Network with pre-coverage beginning at 12 uh, Eastern, 9 Pacific time. Remember, there was a time change. It was moved a little bit later. So make sure you set your calendars and your reminders to 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 p.m. Pacific, or 12 p.m. Eastern, 9 Pacific for the Midas Touch pre-coverage. We're going to talk about what's going on in that hearing. Yes, newspapers now are just allowing ISIS wives to give op-eds. Is that the the new thing? I, I mean, proud boy wives. I mean, proud boy wives. But we will break that down. A Sarasota paper let a, uh, a ISIS, I mean, a, I mean, a proud boy wife give a sympathetic op-ed about why we should be okay, why, why proud boys are good men and do good things for the community. Canada and New Zealand have it right labeling these idiots, uh, freaking terrorists. And angry Joe Biden. Give me angry, authentic Joe Biden and Democrats are going to win. Just let Biden be Biden. Yep. Biden's doing a great job. Don't micromanage it. Don't control it. Let Biden speak from the heart. I'm going to talk about why that is so important. And our guest, the Mooch, Anthony Scaramucci, joins Mooch. us on the Midas Touch podcast. We'll be talking with Mooch about a host of issues and the fact that Scaramucci has a quite the library of interviews from his Mooch FM days, uh, but the video of them has never really seen the light of day. And Midas Touch has exclusive access to these incredible one-on-one -on -one interviews. And Mooch has interviewed people like Carl Bernstein, uh, former Secretary of Defense Ash Carter. We've got interviews with Rick Wilson. So a host of incredible interviews that we're going to put here exclusively on the Midas Touch YouTube channel. Everybody can check that out at Midas Touch YouTube, which is growing rapidly. Uh, Brett, welcome back from across the pond. And Jordy, good seeing you as always. It's great Burn. to be back, fellas. I got to say, I really missed you guys. Thank you for holding down the fort while I was away. As listeners and viewers may know, I was in the UK for a wedding and a really interesting time to be there. Absolutely. I'm not going to say like, yeah, you know, I mean, I go there, Boris Johnson gets booted. He steps down. I'm not going to say, you know, coincidence. I, I, I'll let you decide. I'll let the listeners, I'll let the viewers decide. But I will say that I come back and Ben has a whole new look. Uh, I'm not sure what the Ben is rocking. A, it looks like a cowboy hat. This is very uh, true for those it, audio listeners. Been... You should one be watching as well, just cause it's double the fun. Uh, but Ben is doing, it looks like Ben's about to go square dancing. He's got a great cowboy hat on a nice plaid, long tee, button down t-shirt. Ben looking sharp. Thank you. But it's not a cowboy hat. It's a sombrero. And I got it in Kukula near Guadalajara. And it's it maybe maybe my new look. I, I got to say, you rock it well. It, it honestly yeah. does look nice. It, it surprised me when I turned on the camera and I saw you like this. But but I got to say, you, you you look you look good, Ben. Great. I think Keep sombreros <laughs> are in. I think that we should make sombreros like. We, we should spread the sombrero love around the United States. I got to say, guys, though, it was interesting being in the UK because, of course, they're going through political upheaval right now with Boris Johnson stepping down from office as prime minister over there. But 
as I went around the city of London and I heard people speaking about, you know, whatever their conversations were as I listened in or as I, you know, struck up conversations with people around me, despite the fact that all this was going on in London, the focus of a lot of the attention was what was going on in the United States over there. And I found that incredibly interesting. And I just noticed that table after table, person after person who I spoke to were just really in disbelief and in horror as to what was going on in the United States, especially when it comes to guns and abortion rights in absolute horror. And as I spoke to them, you realize that these are just things that are settled issues. Like they don't think about these things. I remember speaking with somebody, it was a football player. And then there was like a dental uh, student who was hoping to become a dental technician. I was talking to them about everything. And they were saying, you know, what is going on with the, the guns in the country? Like, is it really like that? Like, it just seems so insane. And I was, and I asked them, I was like, do you, you know, is this something that you think about like that you guys have to deal with here in the UK. And they go, honestly, it's never even something we worry. Like it's not something we think twice about ever. It's not something that even crosses our mind. The same thing with the abortion issue, which just really like the, yes, there are of course going to be fringe groups anywhere, but these on the mainstream are, are settled issues over there. And it is things that we are fighting for every single day that they don't even have to worry about. And I just was thinking like that, is really freedom to me, you know, the freedom to not have to worry about, will I be gunned down by going to a grocery store or going to a concert or going to a 4th of July festival? And I really was just thinking that is really freedom that we are missing here. And they have at least gotten to that point. And I think I really saw kind of the differences between what I would say is a healthy democracy could still be a little chaotic, obviously, with everything that's going on there, but at least in the realm of like health, a healthy democracy compared to the United States, which for all intents and purposes, from my perspective, is like a sick country right now. And I don't mean that as like sick, disgusting. Like, I mean, actually, like we have like an illness. And I hope that the illness that America has right now is not a terminal illness and that we're able to actually get past this. But people like Marjorie Taylor Greene, Lauren Boebert, the conspiracy theorists, speaking, having a de political debate with somebody where they call you a pedophile or a communist because you disagree with them, that's just not a thing there. It's just not a thing. Everything is at least there in the realm of reality. And in America right now, we have this relentless gaslighting over and over from the right wing. And it really makes America look far more like Russia, like the Soviet Union, like Nazi Germany than a true functioning democracy. And it's scary. It's scary when you get at least a little bit of that perspective. And when you're talking about those freedoms, right, Brett, they're the most basic, though, of freedoms, the freedom that a woman should be able to control the decisions about her body. That should be viewed as one of the most basic and obvious freedoms, as you say, when you're in the UK, the freedom for children, uh, my family, uh, friends, colleagues, Americans to go out and not be afraid that some 18 year old who has no training, no experience, no credit was able to purchase a weapon of war and walk around town with that weapon of war and start shooting people and killing people in mass. You would think that's among one of the most basic freedoms, the freedom to be free from disinformation about global pandemics that when there is illnesses and viruses, which inevitably take place in society and historically, uh, 
we can all coalesce around best practices and try to use a scientific approach to determine how we can make people most healthy. And part of a scientific approach is the evolution of science yeah. to get to the right answer, um, but not to critique the very essence of what a scientific method is. You would think these are among the most basic issues, but to your point, Brett, if you believe in those freedoms, you are labeled in the United States a communist mm. and a Marxist, and you can't even have a rational There's no conversation discussion. with the radical right extremist party. There is no even discussion because they go there. And then I'll take it even a step further. We go beyond those kind of very controversial issues of the moment and go to just general policy. We're talking about the issue of freedom here, the freedom to get sick and not having to worry about going bankrupt because you can't afford to pay your medical bills. I mean, even the conservative parties in these countries, the conservative parties, the baseline agreement is that universal health care is good. That's the baseline. Because, and I think because Brett, because dying is bad. Because dying is bad. And so, I, you know, I know we probably I, I know we do have a lot of listeners across the pond who are probably like, oh, the Tories are bad and the conservatives party is horrible here. And I, I, <laughs> I, I, I understand that. But I just want to give you some perspective that in comparison to America, it's just a whole other ball game, And it's probably a bit of an oversimplification, but America really has just become so far right. The gaslighting has become so extreme. The messaging from the right has taken over even the media in such a big way that our political, the, the, our concept of the political spectrum is just so skewed. Like our Republicans in the UK would be considered, and I know they are a far-right fringe group here, but they are the mainstream here. They would be considered, though, a far-right lunatic fringe group over there. Like, maybe even a terrorist group. Maybe, maybe even labeled like a terrorist group the same way the Proud Boys in Canada and New Zealand are labeled terrorists. Like It's possible yeah. our Republican Party, if they functioned in the current form they do in America, in a country like you, they would be labeled terrorists. I think they 100% would be, Ben, because if you look at the Republicans in this country, they don't care about America. They don't care about the people, right? They care about profit over people. That's why healthcare is such a disaster in this country. That's why guns and you know the NRA are, are such a disaster in this country. It's because the Republicans make bank from their relationships with these institutions, and we're left as Democrats having to fight off all of this nonsense. And not only that, it's literally, the Proud Boys and these domestic terror groups are at the center of the Republican Party power structure in America. Like, it's not like, oh, it's not even like, oh, it's like they have these fringe connections and this guy is friends with this guy. Like, if you look at Miami Dade, the New York Times did an incredible piece on this a couple of weeks ago. The Miami Dade Republican Party has like more than a dozen Proud Boys in leadership of the Republican Party. And this is happening across the country where groups like the Proud Boys and the Oath Keepers are taking positions of power within the Republican Party. And Ben, we'll get to that piece in a second, the Sarasota piece, which is just so mind-bogglingly insane. But the fact is these groups are labeled, and rightfully so, domestic terror groups in other countries, but not in the United States. The Proud Boys, I think he said New Zealand and Canada, and I think there are others too who label them domestic terrorist groups. While they're calling them domestic terrorist groups, the Republican Party is calling them chairman. 
The Republican Party is calling them members of their coalition. And that is what is so scary about how far the right has gone in this country and why the fight for democracy, why it's such a unique moment in our history right now, and why we all need to rally together and support the only pro-democracy party at the moment, which is the Democratic Party. And you can't have the one of the key reasons you can't have that both sides conversation. There's a lot of reasons, but one of them is specifically what you just said, which is on the radical right, their leaders, the people who actually run the party, who run the organizations are radical right extremists. What the right wing does to try to portray people on the left wing as being out of touch is they will try to focus on an individual, a student, a person who's not even identified as someone who leadership would even know, someone who knew, someone who knew, someone who knew that person. It's just a random person that not a lot of people know. And they show a video of this person and go, you see, look at that person. It's like that person isn't the speaker of the house. Right. Like, like you, they're not the leader of the Miami Dade Republican Party. You found a like, random person. <laughs> you, your top leaders do this. And, and, and another point, though, Brett, too, is that America has been co-opted in this way. And I think you've had you told me that you had these conversations with people in the UK. And it's so hard for these other states and parliamentary systems to understand that we are being run by a tyranny of the minority here, where the minority of Americans who represent states with far less populations than the actual United States of America, because of the way the system is structured, because of our gerrymandering system, this, the courts allowing gerrymandering to occur in partisan ways and to allow state legislatures to go unchecked now in passing racist maps. The fact that our country has a radical Supreme Court that believes that for the purposes of voting and influencing elections, corporations should be treated as people. So there is unlimited money that goes into our electoral system. That's very unique to the United States because we have an electoral college um, instead of a popular vote. You add all of these things together um, and you have this conflagration, this, this incredibly disastrous situation where the majority of Americans are being run by a very small radical fringe. And you have a majority though of Americans who get so disenchanted by that sometimes that I feel they give up the fight. Hmm. And what is not unique, though, it, that structure is unique when you talk about Western democracies, but that structure is actually not unique when you analyze fascist governments and fascist uh -huh. states where the takeover is from, the tyranny of the minority and a majority that's disenchanted and does nothing and lets the crazy wacko pitchfork or in this case AR-15 class just kind of take it over because you think, well, they're not going to come for me. They're just coming for that group. And then they're coming for that group. Mm -hmm. and that, but, but not me until they go for every single one of them. And when we see, and I'm like, we're not going to play the clips on this, and I'll get into some of the topics that we said so people can learn <laughs> a thing or two other than, <laughs> but I think these conversations are important. What Trump is doing right now when we see him in Alaska, when we see him in these other states, he was at some rally there with Sarah Palin, like 
these rallies are devolving even more and more and more and getting more extreme, if you could possibly believe that, right? With Trump saying things like, I wish I would have taken over democratic cities, you know, talking about public executions and quick trials and, and things like that. That's where they're going. But what they're doing is they are building an army. And I want to put it in those stark terms. They are now full-fledged building an army because Trump sees himself as very, very cornered with the work of what the January 6th committee is doing, what's going on in Fulton County. Um, and when it's obvious that he doesn't hold all of the answers and he's truly the emperor's with no clothes, which everybody should have known from, the, from day one or from the 1980s or when the idiot was born, he's now mobilizing the army to try to insulate himself from the criminal prosecution by turning his army to commit more violence in the event he's criminally prosecuted. And we all need to look at it in those stark terms. Brett, just want to hit on this one point. Let's get into some of the other facts about Bannon and, some, and, and Jan 6. Talking about the tyranny of the minority, as you start looking at the stats, uh, whether it's gun, responsible gun ownership, 80% of Americans favor responsible gun ownership, whether it's a woman's right to choose, 65, 70% of Americans consistently think a woman should have the right to choose. Um, you know, especially even when you get into states like Florida, there's a reason DeSantis isn't talking about abortion at all because about 60% of Floridians think a woman should have the right to choose despite, uh, you know, they have a 15 week ban there. Um, a new stat from Politico, about 73% of college-educated women say they wouldn't even apply for a job now in a state like Texas. 58% um, of men say that. Um, the Politico survey talks about how uh, they speak to guidance counselors at high schools who are basically saying that, you know, whereas women going to college may want to go to Texas or Florida or Mississippi, no more. They don't want to go to those schools. And I get it. I mean, you could be literally, if you go to those states, you are subjugated. You are a second class citizen as a woman in those states, as an LGBTQ plus member in those states. Um, so I just wanted to talk about that poll coming out from Politico. Let's talk about that. And Jordy, you did a fantastic breakdown on, you. on YouTube, your legal skills is incredibly impressive jay you want to do the breakdown you want to you want to do the breakdown right now off the dome off the dome let's do it so <laughs> so so essentially essentially brothers you, you, you could pass it to me if you want me to <laughs> okay fine you could do it you could do it but you would have done a fantastic job of breaking it down right? i've, I've always known i could be a lawyer if i just applied myself but i'd rather go into marketing it's more colorful it's more painting it's more artistically <laughs> satisfying so the media, so the media reported that Donald Trump sent this letter to Steve Bannon saying Trump was waiving executive privilege and Steve Bannon saying, well, now I want to testify in front of the January 6th committee. And of course, our uncritical kind of pro-fascist or just ignorant media thinks like, let me just nuts. publish that headline. Right, Brett? Yeah. Let's not actually ask whether or not executive pri executive privilege would even exist in the first place. I mean, it would be like me just <laughs> reaching out to like my next door neighbor and granting them, uh, you know, wave waving attorney client privilege, even though I don't represent them. Like, it's like, OK, what are you talking about? Like they're like 
there has to be the existence of the privilege to be waived. There's so many reasons why the executive privilege doesn't apply. I mean, number one, Steve Bannon at the time of January 6th was not working at the White House. He was a podcaster. He had no job where he could even be in the executive privilege orbit. I'm going to start claiming executive privilege for anything. Just, you know, like somebody gives me a hard time somewhere. I'm just going to executive privilege. I'm a podcaster. Podcaster. I do a podcast. I have a chart. The executive (laughs) privilege can only be declared by the executive. And Donald Trump is not the president. So it's President Biden who holds the executive privilege and Biden waived the executive privilege. Additionally, uh, Steve Bannon at... Uh, when when Steve Bannon was originally subpoenaed, he didn't show up. He didn't respond to the subpoena. And the criminal charges against Bannon relate to that incident. You don't get to in the future say, you know, in our legal system, you know, get a, you know, get a gimme like, hey, I, w- I want another. Let, let me get another try at this one. Like you, you committed the crime. By not showing up to the January 6th committee when they subpoenaed you months and months and months ago. So the fact that now you want to show up, great, but that doesn't alleviate the crime that you committed in the past. And then Bannon's whole claim that he wants to testify, pure bullshit. And the reason that we know it's pure bullshit is that the subpoena was not Jordy just uh, a subpoena for documents, right? It was, I mean, it wasn't just a subpoena for his testimony. It was also a subpoena for documents, which would mean that Bannon would need to turn over um, uh, emails, phone records, uh, all of his, you know, uh, communications on his apps, turn over his phone. You think Bannon's going to do that? Well, he hasn't done it. of course not. He hasn't. (laughs) Well, he hasn't done it. So, you know, Bannon and Trump, though, want that headline, right, that now ooh, Bannon's going to testify on the eve of his trial. But the DOJ filed a motion uh, with the judge in the criminal case uh, late last night, actually. Uh, their DOJ is really good. I mean, just think about how hard work they are. They filed one like literally right away um, within like hours of that news breaking. They probably had it just ready to go. And they were like, look, judge, this is a complete delay tactic. And any information about this letter from Trump to Bannon, uh, Bannon can talk about that on his podcast or whatever, but here in the court of law, that's completely irrelevant and we're moving forward with this criminal prosecution. So that's the breakdown on Bannon. But it does kind of go, though, to the headline and the misinformation or disinfo or it just drove me freaking nuts because like you said, Ben, they wanted that headline. Like all they wanted out of this was that headline. Look, Steve Bannon, look, he's being so, look, he's cooperating. Oh, the January 6th doesn't want him. Oh, that's on them. Donald look, Trump Bannon's waves like, executive Donald Trump privilege. Waves. Oh, good for, oh, that's wow, what headline, a guy. What a, and that was the headline every news network went with. And I was like, every time I saw a post, whether it was CNN, New York Times, like Politico, you, you it was all, all of them. I was like, why are you doing this? It's so irresponsible. And it's so easy to report this correctly. It was driving me absolutely insane. But, you know, now let's talk about men. We got to talk about the Sarasota paper going to media functions. But Sarasota decided to give an op-ed to a woman. And and Ben, what was the name of this op-ed that the woman wrote? The Sarasota op-ed that was published Sunday was called Attacking Proud Boys Does a Disservice to Caring School Parents. (laughs) 
Dude, like, it's an onion article. It's, it's not like that. There's no difference between that and what you would see out of the onion. Unbelievable. Except Jordy, I'll add this. If somebody wrote that for the onion, they'd be like, it's a little too far out there. That's a little too crazy. Like, <laughs> give me a, give me a break now. Uh, it was that, it was that absurd. And what they failed to mention in the piece, which if you, when you Google the author of the piece of the op-ed, you're able to find out is that the husband of, I know it's hard to imagine that uh, most of these proud boys are incels, that there's a husband figure here, but the husband of the writer is a literal proud boy writing the piece. You think that's a disclosure if you're giving an op-ed to somebody writing about how wonderful the proud boys are for the community, maybe mention that the husband is a proud boy. Okay. Maybe, maybe mention that maybe also disclose perhaps, perhaps that the proud boys have been designated a domestic terrorist organization by multiple countries, by many of our allies. Perhaps that's also some important context here, but no, just give this woman the front page to say, how great are the proud boys for our school children? It's just, it's, it's batshit. It's crazy. And that goes to the headline, Brett too. And like, I got, (laughs) I got this. I, I, I should just, even every time I unsubscribe to my Fox News alerts on my phone, I feel like they just come back. Like, like I can't get rid of it. I agree with I agree like, with that. Sometimes I just keep getting these Fox News alerts, and I'm like, I'm pretty sure I disabled my alerts for everything. Like, why am I? Like, how did Fox News get around that? And so you talk about the headline, but this is what uh, the Fox News headline is. And I just want to give you the anatomy of kind of a disinfo, like totally made up stories. Um, Visitor to Thomas Jefferson's Monticello estate calls out new woke tours, depressing and demoralizing. And the subheadline is Jeffrey Tucker described July 4th tour as the opposite of paying homage to our founding father. So just put up a picture, if you will, of this guy, Jeffrey Tucker, just so everyone can see like who like just who who this guy is, you know, number one. Um, but Speaking about what, what who Jeffrey Tucker is, he's the founder of something called the Brownstone Institute, who would literally their whole existence is to make up these fake stories about like woke and all of this BS. Like that's the whole essence of what this guy does. And so his whole thing is to attack climate change and to attack vaccines and to like literally that's what the guy does for a living. And so they have this headline where the guy clearly is just making stuff up and then they have it on Fox. Then they feed it to the New York post. And then all the right wing media writes these literally made up stories, you know, with the fact that they inject the poison pill of, in this case, the poison pill is this guy, Jeffrey Tucker in the Sarasota story. The poison pill is the wife of the proud boy. And the problem too frequently, and we talked about this before the show, is on the one hand, you have the fascist media with an agenda, the poison pill fascist agenda. On the other hand, you have pro-democracy media that we're now trying to build, but outside of pro-democracy media, the media that's supposed to really exist outside of what we're building, they swallow that poison pill. Right. They take that poison pill and they're like, oh, that's really that's what's going on. What's happening here? And they need to stop buying. It's like so gullible. Stop fucking buying the this the right wing BS narratives about everything like th- this is fake fascist stuff. Just stop it. Stop buying into these prisms and think. And we need to think critically, too. Do you think, Brett? 
No, I, I, I agree hundred percent. And uh, of course in the Fox uh, piece with him, they just presented him as his, his Chiron reads recent Monticello visitor. <laughs> Not that he works for one of these organizations. You just visit him. The whole this point is- of his organization <laughs> is to attack. It's to make some guy. This is just some guy in a bow tie and a tuxedo on Fox News. <laughs> just some guy like you, you know, <laughs> just, just a just a regular, just a, a average, uh, average regular American. Look at this guy. Put the guy up on the screen again. Like he looks like Mr. Monopoly villain. <laughs> It's a cartoon villain. And that gets me, though, to the next point, though, Brett, which is we need angry Joe Biden. We need real, authentic Joe Biden. And when Biden signed the executive order um, that empowered the federal government to take a number of steps, important steps to protect women's reproductive health. And Biden just spoke from his heart when Biden just spoke like Biden, you know, and, and, and was, you know, speaking and talking and, and, and about it, like to me, and don't get me wrong. I mean, you know, some of it was scripted. I mean, obviously, but, um, you know, there were times though, where Biden would just be like angry and you would feel that he was really, really, really pissed. Mm-hmm. And that's the Biden that Americans want to see. I understand that after the absurd, colossal, anti-intellectualism, just dumbness of Donald Trump. There's a desire to want to be careful and to not become Trumpy for the, you know, for the left or progressives. But but we're not dealing with any more traditional labels, left, progressive. I mean, right now we're dealing with fascists and we're dealing with a pro-democracy coalition. And on these issues that we talked about when the podcast started, Brad, like control a woman's right to control her body, your right to live a healthy life and not have germ ridden, virus ridden people cough on you and sneeze on you and, you know, and, and go to the stores and purposefully start licking the food. Like we're not really talking about what should be viewed as political issues. These are human issues. We shouldn't be talking about the the issue over responsible gun ownership. Let's just own these issues and be so loud about it. And someone who I thought did an incredible job at it. And I want to play the clip, Pete Buttigieg. Um, play this clip of Pete Buttigieg. He goes on Fox News. Fox News asks the question and says, well, your husband tweeted this. They asked the question in a very specific way too, as Fox News would, would do to try to elicit certain views from its viewership. But says, here's what your husband tweeted. Um, and his husband tweeted, uh, support of peaceful protests that were taking place around Supreme Court justices. Um, and there's what Pete Buttigieg said. Your husband tweeted after uh, Justice Brett Kavanaugh left a Washington restaurant due to protesters. The tweet reads, sounds like he just wanted some privacy to make his own dining decisions. Is that appropriate, sir? 
Look, when uh, public officials go into public life, we, we should expect two things. One, uh, you should always be free from violence, harassment, and intimidation. And two, you're never going to be free from criticism or peaceful protest, people exercising their First Amendment rights. Okay. And that's what happened in this case. Remember, the justice never even came into contact with these protesters, uh, reportedly didn't see or hear them. And these protesters are upset because a right, an important right, that the majority of Americans support was taken away. Understood. Not only the right to choose, by the way, but, the, but this justice was part of the process of stripping away the right to privacy. As long as I've been alive, settled but, case law in the United States has been that the Constitution protected a right to privacy. And that has now been thrown out the window by justices, including Justice Kavanaugh, who, as I recall, swore up and down in front of God and everyone, including the United States Congress, that they were going to leave settled case law alone. So, yes, people are upset. They're going to exercise their First okay. Amendment rights. And as long as that's peaceful, that's protected. Compare that, for example, to the reality that as a country right now, we're reckoning with the fact that a mob summoned by the former president All right, well, let me follow up, Mr. Secretary. the United States Capitol for the purpose of overthrowing the election and very nearly succeeded in preventing the peaceful transfer of power. But I think common sense can tell the difference. But as a high-profile public figure, sir, are you comfortable with protesters protesting when you and your husband go to dinner at a restaurant? Protesting peacefully outside in a public space? Sure. Look, I can't even tell you the number of spaces, venues, and scenarios where I've been protested. And, and the bottom line is this. Any public figure should always, always be free from violence, intimidation, and harassment, but should never be free from criticism or people exercising their First Amendment rights. So I think he lays out the argument there, no nonsense, um, and Democrats need to go on the offensive like that. You know, just, just two points there as well. Uh, the peaceful protesters who were protesting outside of a Morton's, as Pete Buttigieg said, uh, never even came into contact with Kavanaugh, number one. Never even number, saw or heard them. Yeah. <laughs> number two, Justice Kavanaugh already has a Secret Service detail, and he's protected by armed guards around the clock. You know who's not protected by armed guards around the clock? Um, women who, when abortions were permitted uh, in states, um, in certain states, would have to walk through a army uh, violent and dangerous, mm -hmm. uh, anti-women, uh, anti-pro-choice individuals who would harass them. And when the women who were pro-choice would petition courts and Supreme Court and federal courts and say, that's, I don't have Secret Service agents protecting me. I'm vulnerable. These people can hurt me. I'm scared. And have historically, by the way, I mean, these people have bombed abortion clinics. They have harassed, they have killed abortion doctors. This is something that has happened many times throughout what did the right wing, What did the right-wing court say? Nope, those groups have absolute right to harass and intimidate you outside of clinics. So... So spare me the bullshit, Brett Kavanaugh. I'm sorry that you couldn't get your souffle, uh, but you know people are dealing with some real shit right now. Yeah, the rights that you took away from women, and but just going back to Biden for a second, like when you look at the stats, right? When you look at the June jobs report, nearly 400,000 new jobs created, 
You look at layoffs are at an all-time low. You look at, I think it's 27 now days or so where gas prices have dropped and they're dropping fairly rapidly in certain locations. Obviously, it could come sooner in other locations, but they are dropping. When you see the moves that Biden's actually making in terms of infrastructure and in terms of oil prices, you know, when Biden uh, sends oil and puts oil on the open market and international markets, the goal is because international oil markets are international by increasing supply and lowering demand. You could lower prices if more oil is on the market in its most simplest form. You could try to drive down um, prices despite the price gouging that's taking place by oil companies that Republicans all voted against a bill to stop price gouging at the pump. If you look at all of these things that Biden has actually been doing, there's a there's a baby formula shortage. Can you imagine if there was a baby formula shortage under Trump? I mean, one of the issues why there even was a baby formula shortage was because Trump's agencies didn't even do investigations or look into uh, factories and whether deadly and lethal agents were getting into, um, whether it was the environment or baby formula, creating problems that other people have to deal with. But could you imagine, do you think that he would take planes and fly, you know, and take drastic measures to try to deal with and address things? I mean, Biden needs to get out and own these wins. Right. And Democrats need to rally behind him. Do you really want another Twitter fucking president do you really want a tiktok pre- i mean is that really what you're looking for is that what you're looking for you've got a responsible person in the white house who's taking responsible steps here and abroad to make america more prosperous and safer and going back to our points brett and then stop buying into the right wing talking points that are belied by the facts There's a reason that the right wing was cheering when gas prices were high, cheering. They were cheering when there's a possible recession, cheering. They want those things. How sick is that? Mm -hmm. They want those things. They're bragging about those things. They're hoping that that takes place because they don't care about the country. They care about themselves, their power, and they are so short-sighted, so ignorant in their views, though, because they see power as just like holding on to it right this second, they're going to end up killing themselves for what they're doing with the climate, for how they treat disease or don't treat disease, for how they deal with systemic issues here and abroad. But they were cheering those things. And we have someone who's solving them. And I feel like not a day goes by where, you know, whatever the key headline is of Biden's accomplishment, just when when have you really seen, you know, a major media other than Midas Touch actually truly highlight the accomplishments and truly highlight the radical fascism that's existing right now doesn't exist. 
doesn't exist. Let's bring on Anthony Scaramucci. And the end of the Scaramucci interview, we'll go um, and talk a little bit about January 6th hearings coming up um, after Scaramucci. Um, But let's bring in Anthony Scaramucci, a Midas Touch favorite. Before doing that, of course, though, I want to talk about Athletic Greens. Our next partner has a product I use literally every day. And I started using Athletic Greens because all of the vitamin gummies and pills and stuff that I use, I thought was working, but they were not having any impact. They weren't giving me the energy. I just thought that I was like, mixing and matching and thought I was so smart. But here I have the 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotic and adaptogens in my one scoop of powder that I put in my cup. I put water in, I shake it up, I drink it. It tastes great and helps you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging all things and it's lifestyle friendly. So whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy free or gluten free, this is for you. The price, it costs less than $3 a day. You're investing in your health and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit. And as I mentioned, tons of people like me take some kind of multivitamin and it's important to choose one with high quality ingredients that your body can actually absorb. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition, especially heading into flu and cold season. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health and to make it easy. Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash Midas. Again, all you have to do is visit athleticgreens, A-T-H-L-E-T-I-C-G-R-E-E-N-S.com slash Midas. Go to athleticgreens.com slash Midas and take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Now, Let's bring in Anthony Scaramucci. Brett, when we recorded this, I think that you were still just coming back from the UK. So let's bring in the Mooch, Brett. Sorry, you're not in this. We're joined by Anthony Scaramucci, the Mooch. Anthony Scaramucci, welcome to the Midas Touch podcast. Again, the third time, the hat trick. And I'm glad you guys got the memo. We're all wearing black. We're in mourning for the American democracy right now, obviously. So we're having our black shirts on. But I think things are going to get a lot better, guys. I really do. I think so, too. You know, there was a lot of people saying with this January 6th committee hearing stuff that was it really going to move the needle? Was the January 6th committee really going to be able to expose what was going on in ways that we hadn't heard about before? I think they've really made a huge difference. We got a hearing coming up tomorrow. We're recording this on Monday. Sarah Matthews, former Trump deputy press secretary, obviously, you know, things thing or two about that office. Um, what do you what's your reaction to the hearing so far and what you think is going to happen tomorrow? Well, my reaction is the classic human behavior reaction. People are scared. They button themselves up. They see evil going on. They see lies, malicious activity. They see a disavowal of the American Constitution, but they freeze. They get very, very scared. And I think what the January 6th committee has done masterfully is they've opened the door for these people. And so when you come as a group, guys, to explain the grievance, uh, it's easier. You find cover in each other. Uh, it, it, it allays their fears. And so I think the 
January 6th committee has done a masterful job of doing that. And I know Sarah is a truth teller. Uh, and I've been there, guys. You know, I've been in a situation where, okay, I'm working for a lunatic. Um, do I expose the lunatic? Am I disloyal if I expose the lunatic? You have all of these conflicts in your personality that someone who's a master manipulator, that Donald Trump, will press those buttons. And I think what these guys did is they diffused those launch codes, if you will, and they've allowed these people now to come forward and speak very cleanly and very fairly and objectively. And of course, Cassidy's uh, testimony was not only damning, but it was direct and it was honest. And that is Trump's personality, guys. Okay, anybody that's been around Trump, and I know I've said this to you before, but it's worth repeating. If you had a financial independence, you had your own business, you were your own guy, you denounced Trump. I think Gary Cohen was the only one that decided not to do that, but he knows. And trust me, if you, got, if you ever, if he was ever willing to come on your podcast, he would tell you what he really thinks. But Tillerson, Mattis, Kelly, anybody that wasn't tied to Trump politically that worked for Donald Trump spoke out about him. And now you have these aides and staffers that are willing to do so as well. The, the most disgusting part about this is the Kevin McCarthy's, and you know how much I love Kevin, um, and those people who've decided not to testify or trying to avoid the testimony, then they run to Fox News and say, oh, well, that was hearsay, and this was hearsay, and that was hearsay. But hey, guys, that's because you're taking advantage of the honor system inside the House and the Senate where you're not testifying yourself. They know how bad this was. And so that's the thing I don't get. And I will never be able to understand that, why these guys were willing to walk away from the American democracy, the documents, the constitutional documents to protect this absolute lunatic. And so it should scare the two of you and it should scare your listeners and viewers because it, 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 it shows you how delicate and how sensitive the system is uh, to this type of behavior. You're a student of psychology, human behavior, you run a business though. So you have a deeper understanding of how humans interact in those situations. Is there just a phenomenon with a strong man type personality that we see throughout history, but we never really thought could come here on our shores in the United States, where a Kevin McCarthy, for example, just becomes so obsequious and literally does anything and kind of just becomes a robot. Like it's just one direction isn't thinking for himself. It's very strange. Do you, do you have thoughts about that or suspicions? Well, no, I, I, I do. And you could read a lot about this. Unfortunately, I have a lot of evildoer books in my uh, book library here because, you know, I want to understand it better. I want to understand the rise of Hitler. So you read Ulrich, you, you understand his book, Montefiore, for what happened to the czars and the rise of, of, of Lenin and Stalin. And it has all has very similar characteristics. But what ultimately happens is some people get entrapped in the situation and then they start justifying. They use cognitive dissonance. OK, and I I did that, by the way. And so there are some people that listen to you guys will hate me for the rest of time because I worked for Donald Trump. And I understand that. But I've already offered my apology for working for Trump and I had the bravery at least to speak out against him during the 2020 campaign when he was the sitting president and the most powerful person in the world. And he was he was auditing. I mean, you have to think about how evil this guy's worse than Richard Nixon. He audited Comey. He audited McCabe. You know, they didn't aud audit me, but that's because I pay my taxes to the T. It, it, it was going to be very hard for them to find anything. 
but you just have to think about how malevolent and how evil these people are. You're working in their midst. You get scared. You're like, okay, I don't want my family targeted. I don't want to be targeted. And then he does the bullying and the graciousness, the bullying and the charming, the bullying and the charming, and you're in his circuit. Okay, it's a disgusting circuit to be in. But I'm just telling you what would have happened to a guy like Kevin McCarthy is, okay, I saw uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger rise as a reality star and become the governor of California. So Trump is probably going to win. I'm going to side with Trump. And then when Trump started acting super abnormal, McCarthy and his political consultants said, you know what? He has a strong enough base. We don't want to get knocked off our political career and my objective to be Speaker of the House. So I'm going to lick his you-know-what, okay? I'm talking about his ass crack, not the other side, just so you know, okay? And I'm going to do that so that I can preserve myself. So I don't care about the American people. I don't care about the principles that are embedded in the Constitution. I really only just care about myself. And then what happens is now you're in that cycle. And that's why, you know, I always joke with you guys, you know, Kevin's like 500 years old now because he's allowed all that toxin to come into his body, right? And I want you to do, you guys should do one day the before and after of guys, right? Like Ted Cruz on a podium in 2016 <laughs> and what Ted Cruz looks like now if he's kissed Trump's ass, right? Or Kevin McCarthy before he went through the, the Trump paper shredder. You follow what I'm saying? Like, And the joke always is like all these presidents aged except for Trump. He looks exactly the same. You know why Trump looks exactly the same? He don't give a shit about anything. You know, if he read the briefing, he didn't care. People were dying or this was happening or so. So that's why he looks exactly the same, right? But my point is when you're in that cauldron of hatred, there's intimidation, there's fear, and there's a manifestation of self-interest. And you either have to have the strength in your personality to break out of that, Olivia Troy, okay, uh, you know, or you don't. It's one or the other. And so... I love what Liz Cheney has done here because Liz Cheney figured out if we're going to dismantle a madman or a strong man, we have to do it in a pack. It's not going to get done one person at a time. Yeah, could there be a few rogues, somebody like me going on CNN, railing on the son of a bitch every night during the election? Sure. Olivia willing to speak out? Sure. But she had she had to create and her commission committee had to create a safe space for a ton of people to come out together. And I think she did that. And I, I got to tell you, I think it's going to be a historic thing. I think I think we'll be dead. It'll be 100 years from now. And there'll be a historian writing, OK, country had a problem. They had a fractured middle class. They had people in the country that felt left out. Trump used that as an avatar. They, he, 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 he had those people using him as an avatar for their anger. He won the election. He didn't win the popular vote, but he won the election. And he was trying to massacre the democracy. And there were some good people that came in to try to save the democracy. You see what I'm saying? So 100 years from now, these people go down. Some of them will be rogues and some of them will be heroes. Liz Cheney will be a hero. And you may not like Liz Cheney's view of abortion. You may not like her view of other things, but at least she respects the principles of the democracy and she's inside the zip code of what we have experienced as people and what has made your family's life amazing and my family's life amazing, which is this concept of America. You know, it's interesting when you think about the order and the sequencing of the January 6th committee hearings, and I haven't really thought about it 
specifically in the way you did until you just reference it though you know for example why wasn't cassidy hutchinson the first witness why did she go after several why did they have the capitol police officer and the filmmaker go first but it does kind of psychologically inspire if they can do it i can do it wait a minute 100%. if the judge can do it i it's really brilliant you're right yeah but that's exactly what she did and so when i looked at that i said okay she's taking incremental steps so that she can show people that are coming after those people, it's gonna be okay. Okay, you know, that's something George Conway and I have always talked about, you know, he's like, okay, wow, we're railing against the most powerful person in the world. And then you say to yourself, okay, how much do you love this country? If we were living in Russia, we would be behind bars or poisoned with polonium or killed. So the country, it's still this amazing place where you do have that freedom, right? Somebody like Trump would definitely try to take that freedom away from you, by the way. The other observation I would make, which is more of an economic observation, but I want you guys to think about this. If you're in an autocracy, there's a very thin layer of people that get rich. It could be a socialist autocracy, or it could be a fascio capitalist autocracy, very thin layer of people. Everyone else gets screwed. Okay, that's just the way it works. The beauty of this country, because the power is so diffuse at the top, that there's nobody able to totally manipulate the market or the system on behalf of those people. You see what I'm saying? And so your lives, your families, the immigrant story for the Midases, the Scaramucci's has been made better by that. Does that make sense? It does. And, and that's and we why gotta, there we is gotta, Guys, we got to preserve that no matter what. You know what I mean? That's why, though, there is an urge in the strong man over and over again to create an oligarchy and for people at the top layer sometimes of a capitalist system to basically say, well, I've competed. This is great. But wouldn't it be really great if I didn't have the competition? What if I just went to Trump or went to the strong man and said, you know what? I, I, I don't like that other company. Can you just start investigating them? And that's what they were doing. That's what, and that, and that they were doing that, and that's what happened in Nazi Germany, and of course that happened in the 1920s, uh, in the dismantling of the Russian manufacturing, uh, and that's that's exactly what happened in Venezuela. So, so the, the the problem is, accidentally, right? Because I'm a business person, I was a political fundraiser, and why was I a political fundraiser? Guys, I had no network. You guys know where I grew up. I grew up in Long Island. My father was a crane operator in one of the sand mines. They gave me a job at Goldman Sachs. They said, go meet, meet rich people and bring them in as accounts. I'm like, I don't know any rich people. I never even swung a tennis bracket or hit a golf ball, right? So I started going into political life as a fundraiser. And so I manifest this very good network as a political fundraiser. And then I have the temptation strike me to go work for President Trump. And, and I told you guys, my wife hated Trump almost as much as Melania hates him, but I went to go work for him anyway because I'm Stugatz, okay? You can look that up in the Italian slang dictionary, but that, that was a, a manifestation of my ego, which I'm gonna have to accept and live the rest of my life. But at least I didn't get totally sucked in like these acolytes. Mm -hmm. um, and I think my story is a cautionary tale for other people. Here are the warning signs. Here's what could happen to your democracy. Here's what could happen to your personal life. Okay, and you have to be very, very careful because unfortunately now, not only did he expose a seam in our society, a potential weakness,
but you now have a group of people that want to drive a truck through that. Okay, so Trump may not make it through J6. He may not make it through. He may or may not. We can talk about that and give you my opinion. But what will likely make it is some form of Trumpism. It'll be a version 2.0 or version 3.0 of Trumpism that could be more malevolent and more dangerous than Donald Trump. Okay, it could be a smarter, more organized person, right? Now, you know this and I know this. This is another terrible thing to say, which is why I like coming on your podcast. You guys let me say whatever the hell I want, so I'm going to say it, okay? There's a group of white people in the country that uh, want white people to run the country. And so they've decided that black and brown people are not capable or gifted enough to run the country. These are called white supremacists. And so as long as the majority of the people are white, that democracy is good for them. Okay, so wait a minute. The majority of the people are no longer going to be white. They're going to be brown and black people. And so that means they're going to be in political power. Okay, let's change the democracy. You see that? Let's reduce the voter rolls. Let's, uh, you know, we'll put one voting booth for 10,000 blacks and we'll put one voting booth for 600 whites. You see what they're doing? And that is so unfair and it's so un-American, okay, because America is based on an idea. It's not based on white supremacy. It's not based on anything other than this formation of progress to make the union of Americans more perfect. That's all it is. Okay, and so it doesn't matter where you're coming from or what you look like or what your skin color or sexual uh, orientation is, you have the opportunity and the chance to make it in America. And if the majority of the people want you to be in political leadership, then you're going to get to the political leadership. And so, so what I really worry about is this next generation of white supremacists that are going to try to drive a truck through this opening that Donald Trump created. With the gridlock, with the way particularly the anti-democracy Republicans are, can you reach any deal with them on, on frankly, anything? Okay, so maybe not today. Okay, but this is why I love you guys, because you're entrepreneurs. And I want you to think like an entrepreneur would think. Okay, you've got to take a political movement that's at zero, and you got to go to one, right? So you know the expression in entrepreneurship, we're going to go from zero to one. Midas Touch, the podcast, was non-existent. You started it and look at the success you're having today. Zero to one. We have to create this movement together. So right now, the cynics in Washington, the cynics in the society are like, okay, well, there's nothing's ever going to happen. They're never going to be able to do this, never going to be able to do that. But I would say no to that. I would say people like you, people like me, we can come together with a lot of people and activate a lot of people. I think people are now at the point where their political apathy, they now realize it's costing them their quality of life. Okay, they've got a bunch of right-wing lunatics that want to move them back to the Stone Age, and they don't want to go to the Stone Age. So let me put this to you. 80% of the people, and I don't know the exact number, they want better gun control laws, don't they? I mean, you tell me. Okay, 80% of the people want the right for a woman to choose related to the abortion issue, more or less, right? 60, 70, 80%. Yet then why are we in this direction? We're in this direction because of political apathy. We've allowed the tyranny of the minority. We've allowed these right-wing lunatics to use the system that the founders created to protect people that were in minority voting. Okay, that was the whole reason why you have two senators in each of these states and you have the Electoral College. They were trying to protect people from mob rule. 
And what these guys is they subverted it. Okay. And so, so you, you, you can fix it, but you've got to reduce the apathy in what I call the bubble, you know, the bell curve bubble of all the moderates that are in the middle. Now a word from our sponsor, BetterHelp. How we care for our minds affects how we experience life. So it's important to invest time and care into keeping them healthy. There are plenty of ways to support a healthy brain, like learning a new language or taking power naps. There's also BetterHelp Online Therapy. BetterHelp Online Therapy has been incredible for me. I used to go to therapy in person. I would drive to the therapist. And for me, in my own personal experience, just going and taking the drive and having to wait in the waiting room and then seeing the therapist and then driving back would itself stress me out. But with BetterHelp, it offers online therapy in video, phone, and even live chat only through therapy sessions. So you don't even have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. And it's much more affordable than in-person therapy. And you can be matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. I can tell you that I am a big believer in therapy and I am a big believer now with better help in online therapy based on the results that I have had with my therapist. And they made a great match right away and i'm really 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 enjoying the experience i think it's you know really you know just as good if not better than when i see a personal therapist our listeners get 10 percent off their first month at betterhelp.com slash midas that's betterhelp.com slash midas better h-e-l-p.com slash midas now back to our interview with Anthony Scaramucci. So let's talk about the gun uh, issue, responsible gun ownership. Um, you know, just as an American, as a father, um, you know, as a member of, of of your community. I mean, when you see these mass shootings each and every day, and other Americans who are at part of this eighty percent. I mean, how, how do you think this is as the master messenger? How is this message to people in the right way to motivate them to say, you know what, these right wing lunatics who want to give weapons of war to people who have zero training, like wake up, let's do something. Like, how do you say it to someone in a way that's just like, yeah, let's let's do it? And why why can't we overcome this NRA bullshit and 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 this? you know, right wing bullshit that every time there's one of these mass shootings, they go out and they blame it on the stairs or the door or weed or in this most recent case, Fox News was blaming it. If you could believe this, but you could believe everything on women and saying that the way women treat men is what's creating this culture of basically incels to go out and do the shooting. That's that's one of the arguments that Tucker Carlson. I mean, this is I mean, this is is a whole other topic of like disinformation and propaganda feeds that that are affecting the society. You know, I mean, that's a whole other topic we should also address, but let's go to the guns for a second. So I just, again, I want to state my positions, right? So I am from a family of gun owners. My, my father grew up in Northeastern Pennsylvania in a coal mining area. His dad was a coal miner, my grandfather. Uh, the Friday after Thanksgiving, we were hunting. Okay. I was 10, 11 years old. I had the outfit on and the boots trump trunching through the snow we were hunting. Okay. And so I know how to use a rifle. I know how to clean a rifle and I respect responsible gun owners. So I just want to start with that. Okay. So when you see the second amendment and people have a right to have a gun and be responsible with it, I'm all about that. 
It's in the document and I'm, I'm all about it. Okay. However, okay. That document was written 250 years ago and the technology has advanced on these guns. Okay. So you have to be a realist and you have to make a political decision where you stand and where you should stand is the AR-15s, these types of things that can blow orange-sized holes through five to 10-year-old students in a school, they shouldn't be in the, shouldn't be permitted. They should not be in the marketplace, okay? And you'll get some gun advocate that'll push back on me, uh, but the truth of the matter is that really it should be the decision. And since we're in a pluralistic democracy, 80% of the people agree with that. And so how do you get there? Okay. And so you guys know how we can't get there. We can't get there because of the filibuster and we can't get there because of the money going to these politicians that really don't care. You know, they're like, okay, wait a minute. I'm not going to get this money anymore if I go against that. So I'm, I'm taking the money because I got to stay in power. So I'm going to say something very, very cynical. If you built a 100, 200, $300 million political action committee, maybe it's a half a billion dollars, and you fed these people the money that they want to switch their opinion, they would do it. Okay, I'm just letting you know, because that's how that, because these people are bought and paid for. And so this is a financial issue. This is almost like a venture capital deal, okay? We should go out to the richest people that believe like we do. I put up some of my own dough and say, okay, here's what we're doing. We're raising a $500 million fund so that our children don't get shot in schools by lunatics. Okay, and oh, by the way, the Republicans go through that cycle, lock the door, it's not the gun's fault, it's a mental health issue. Oh, by the way, we defunded all the mental health, but, you know, and they go through the cycle, it is a gun issue, okay? And we, don't, we do know that because when they did this in Australia, the shooting stopped. When they did this in Europe, the shooting stopped. Now you had this horrible tragedy yesterday with the assassination of Prime Minister Abe, okay? But think about what the guy had to do. He had to manufacture that gun. Okay, so someone will say, well, there's always going to be a lunatic out there that does that. And I'm going to say, yes, unfortunately there is because we have some really bad people in our world. But let's stop, you know, maybe the, 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 the jerk, the evil person that shot at the people on the 4th of July wouldn't have the skill set to create a 3D gun for himself. You see, and even if he did, it wouldn't have the ability to shoot 75 cartridges in 90 seconds or some crazy number like that, right? And so I know a woman uh, that was shot on the 4th of July at that event in Illinois. Okay, and now she's going to recover, but she took a bullet to her Achilles heel, okay, somehow ricocheted and hit her. She's had four surgeries already since July 4th. And she's in her mid-60s. She may or may not be able to fully walk again. Okay, but she's going to recover. But I just want you to think about this when it affects a family member or a friend. Like, what are you guys doing? Every time I see, I have kids, you know, I have five kids. Every time I see these things, I'm paralyzed for the families with fear and sorrow. But the only way you're going to break it, guys, because, you know, it's going to be very hard to knock out the filibuster because that's, again, the tyranny of the minority but you gotta you gotta bribe these people. It's such a it's such a true take, but such a wild take that in our system, the way you gotta do it is you gotta just buy off the politicians. So We're letting gonna, the bad people yeah. give the money. We, we need the good me, people let to me, pay. Let me tell you something. You know, Ted Cruz is calling Trump a sniveling coward, and now Ted Cruz noses up Trump's ass, right? 
because he doesn't care. He just is a spinning weather vane. Mm-hmm. Okay, if you had a moderate leader of the Republican Party, okay, uh, these guys would switch their tune tonight. If that moderate leader had a very strong base, a very strong following of people, these people would look at each other and say, switching the tune tonight. You, you, you understand what I'm saying? That's what these people do. And so you you can't expect more from these people. You know, like I, 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 I'm sometimes I'm at a cocktail party and people are like, well, should have, ought, could. I say, oh, time out. Okay. I curse a lot. You guys fucking know that, right? I curse all the time. But the worst words in the language are should and ought. When my kids tell me, well, I ought to have gotten a 36 on the ACT or I ought to have gotten into this school or this should have happened or this is unfair, I'm like, time out. Fairness is not a mother nature concept because look at the way the antelope gets taken apart on the Serengeti by the cheetah or whatever it is, the lion. Okay, There's no fairness. Okay, Life is inherently unfair. But last time I checked, you won the lottery, okay? Uh, you grew up in the Northeast of the United States. So let everybody take a chill. And we got to get people off of it should be this way. It ought to be that way. We got to deal with the world the way it is. And once we really see the world for exactly the way it is, then we can engineer a way to fix the problem. Sitting there whining about, well, it should be this way, not going to fix the problem. And I just think that's part of the reason why when half the country, for example, is watching Fox News and they're getting their brains literally melded with misinformation, it's weed, it's the stairs, it's the doors, it's every scapegoat other than what the actual issue is at hand. No, this is like they go through that. It's the weed, mental health issue. You should have locked the back door. It's not the gun. It's the person. You know, I mean, what are you guys talking about? Take the gun from the person. He'll be able to kill one person. Then you tackle him to the ground. And you remove them from the situation, okay? You, I'm not saying there's not going to be evil and people are not going to get hurt. Right. That's the society. I'm sorry. That's been going on for 5,000 years. But our job to restore the social contract and the civility is to reduce it to the greatest extent possible. And Anthony, how much of a poison is Fox News on our society? Fox News is very powerful because they have a four to five million person ratings per night. And so a cable news executive could look at that and say, yeah, it's not that big, right? Because Super Bowl audience 150, MASH in 1983 was 125. So why is Fox News so powerful? And the answer to the reason why Fox News is so powerful is the circulation of people on Fox News. So if you examine Fox News over a month, you have 75 million people that are touching Fox News. They're watching Fox and Friends, Hannity or somewhere. And so all of a sudden, there's a very, very large group of people watching Fox News. And Roger Ailes, who you know I worked for, okay, uh, would never permit what is going on right now. You may you could hate Roger Ailes. You could dislike Roger Ailes. You could ask anybody who knows Roger Ailes. And I, my assistant worked at Fox News. Uh, her, her, her boss was the president. His name was Bill Shine. When Bill Shine left, she came to me and asked me for a job, and I hired her. She's been with me for four years. She told me, and I believe this, Roger Ailes would have had vaccination tents outside of Fox News. He believed in the science, and he believed in all that. But here's what happened is Fox News lost any semblance of leadership and normalcy, and there's no referee now inside of Fox News stopping the nonsense. You see what I'm saying? So 
There was nonsense 10 years ago. There was nonsense 20 years ago. But it was more muted sort of conservative talk radio nonsense. It wasn't this wild invective that they're doing now, right? So what happened to Fox News is they figured out, holy shit, there's a lot of knuckle draggers here that support Donald Trump. They hated Trump in the beginning. You know, they were writing, when I worked at, at Fox News in 2016, they were writing memos about Trump's war with Megyn Kelly and how they didn't want to give Trump any fuel. They hated Trump. When Trump won and Roger got thrown out, and deservedly so, given the allegations and the facts about him, when they won, okay, um, they then realized there's this whole group of knuckle draggers that they could attract for ratings, and then they twerked up the program. You see, you see, you see what I mean? So I'm just trying to explain to you what happened, but there was no ref there. The Murdochs are not going to ref it. Uh, the woman that took over, and I'm, I'm, her name is Susan. I got to think of her last name. She's not going to ref it. And the reason why they're not going to ref it, they're having success. Okay, so now you say to yourself, are they really having success? Because they've got like catheters on there. They got the, you know, the walkers are on there. I guess you can clean your CPAP. These are all old people. Have My pillow guy, I guess they let them still advertise. I don't know if they do or they don't. But there's no real advertiser. McDonald's is not on there. You know, uh, you know, you pick the real advertisers. Maybe there's a few drug commercials once in a while, but they don't have real advertising. So where Fox is making the money is on the carriage. All right, you're, you you got Fox on your cable box. Fox is getting two bucks for that. You see that CN, CNN doesn't get that. CNN makes money on the advertising and maybe it's 75 cents on the carriage for CNN. So... What you'd have to do is you'd have to figure out a way to reduce the carriage on Fox. If you reduce the carriage on Fox, the program would change. It's the same thing with if you gave the money to Ted Cruz and said, be pro-gun control, he would turn around and be pro-gun control. Grandpa Munster. You, you follow what I'm saying? So, so that's what you'd have to do. Now, who, who could do that? And how could you do that? That I don't know. Mm -hmm. Okay, but if you were... You, you know, this is a bigger issue now. Now we're talking about misinformation in the marketplace and the proliferation of it. And we're talking about how did that happen and how did it make the society rougher and coarser? And then is there a way to ref that and make it fairer again? I don't know the answers to that, but I will say this. We do have to clean up the town square. Before we let you go, I, I got to ask you just one more, Mooch, maybe two if you could squeeze it in. So I'm just going to give you some names and I'd love to get your reaction. Go ahead. Herschel Walker. I mean, obviously too many shots to the head, right? I mean, the guy, the guy had too many shots to the head. But I'm going to also tell you something, again, you're not going to like. If you're Herschel Walker and you had a 30-year relationship with Donald Trump and some of it has driven the economics and the financial security for your family, you could end up like Herschel Walker. You, you, you follow what I'm saying? So. You know, I try to empathize with people and try to get in their shoes. Okay, but I, I, I think it's going to be a very tight race. I don't know Warnock, uh, but I think it's going to be a very tight race. I hope Warnock wins. Last but not least, your favorite, Kevin McCarthy. Just a disaster. I mean, literally a disaster. I mean, you know, there's a very famous book. Uh, Susan Dunn wrote the book. It was about the campaign of 1940. It was a very important election for the United States because – FDR was running against the George Washington tradition, okay? He had two full terms. 
but he was asking the American people for a third term. There was no term limits at that point. But all the prior American presidents, okay, the 31 presidents prior, dropped out after two terms. But FDR wanted a third term. And he said, there's a war coming. We're fixing the economy. And I want to stay. Wendell Wilkie ran against him. And it was a, you know, it was a battle there, right? Because some of the American people say, you know, leave like Washington, right? And so, but he stayed. And he beat Wendell Wilkie. And they liked and disliked each other, but he didn't really like Wendell Wilkie. But Wendell Wilkie went to the White House after he lost. And he said, Mr. President, how can I help you? You're my president. I love our country. How can I help you? And you know what Roosevelt said to me? He said, you know, I got these lunatics that are called America first. Like, you know, Trump's not the first America first. I got Charles Lindbergh, Father Coughlin, Huey Long. I got all these treacherous lunatics that love the Nazis. And they're running around inside the country and they're causing me a problem, okay? And they're trying to paint me as some commie loving president, which of course I'm not, okay? I just want to protect the people, tried to keep us out of the war, by the way. He's a great president, okay? Uh, but I need your help. And so what Wilkie did was, I'm gonna go help you. And he went out and spoke against these people. That should have been Kevin McCarthy, mm. right? So, so Kevin McCarthy should have got to the White House with Joe Biden and said, this motherfucking asshole tried to insurrect the government. Thank God he's a dimwit and completely disorganized. Otherwise, we would have had a nightmare on our hands here. And I'm here with President Biden as an American. I'm an American first and a partisan second. And we're going to put down these people that hate our democracy. Okay, that's what he should have did. And so that's why I'm pissed about it, right? Because now I just used should and ought four times. Okay, but now we got to go back to the way the world is. Kevin is a weather vane asshole with a jellyfish spine, and he's really hurt the American democracy. He's really hurt it in a way that I don't fully understand. So he's going to censure Liz Cheney, but Marjorie Taylor Greene is the future of the Republican Party with Elise Stefanik. This guy's a jackass. Okay, so, so to me... Knowing Kevin and being a donor of Kevin's and had face-to-face meetings with Kevin and brought him to the SALT conference and helped his political career, I'm looking at him like, are you really this? Is this what you became as a human being? It's upsetting. I'm just going to be honest with you. And Kevin said the same thing privately that Liz Cheney said publicly. Like We have the of tapes course. of Kevin saying it. <laughs> of course. Of course he did. But then he went to Trump. He said, I'm going to protect your ass on this J6. You better endorse me because I got to win re-election. Because you know, the only thing I give a shit about is being this... Speaker of the House. I don't give a shit about the country. I got to be able to say that I left the Congress someday when I was the Speaker of the House. Okay, so Kevin, do all of this stuff based on your own personal political career and your own personal ambition. The, the job title was public servant, but you know what you should do? Serve yourself and only think about yourself. Okay, and so therefore you can almost wreck the democracy if we don't have people like Liz Cheney in the mix to protect the democracy, right? And so that's why I'm always so pissed about Kevin McCarthy, right? Because I know the son of a bitch and I know Kevin knows better. Anthony, I want to talk about very briefly that Midas Touch and Mooch FM will be doing a collaboration together. And I'm super grateful to you guys for that. So we've got some killer interviews on Mooch FM. I need to get more exposure. You guys are the men, okay? You guys know how to do this way better than me, but I've interviewed people like Ash Carter, and I've interviewed people like Olivia Troy, and I've, I've I, it's just it's just people that I think your audience would like to hear from, 
And I appreciate you giving me the opportunity to put it on your platform. And we're going back a little, but I think it's relevant to what's going on right now with some of the interviews. And we'll cherry pick a few more and put them on the Mighty Midas uh, Touch platform and podcast and YouTube channel. So I hope people subscribe and they dig in and listen to some of this stuff. There's a lot of insightful commentaries of very smart people. That's be great. That'll be great. Check out the Mooch FM interviews on the Midas Touch YouTube channel. Anthony Scaramucci, as always, we appreciate your time. We appreciate your insight. And let's change should to did and save our democracy. Happy summer, guys. Thank yeah. God. We'll be right back after these messages. Welcome back to the Midas Touch podcast. It was great to have great Anthony Scaramucci. Mooch. Missed you, Brett. Bro. We would have loved to have had you on that next time. I'm sure you'll ask Mooch good questions, Mooch. Oh, and how excited are you to have some of these Mooch interviews on the Midas Touch YouTube channel? It's going to oh, be going to be big. I think I think everybody on our YouTube channel, all of our podcast listeners are, are really going to love it. And that reminds me that if you are watching us right now on YouTube, remember to head on over and subscribe, follow whatever it's called on your various podcast apps. Follow the Midas Touch podcast, whether you use Apple Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, Overcast, whatever the app is that you use, the Midas Touch podcast is there. Make sure to subscribe. And alternatively, if you listen to us on the Midas Touch podcast on one of your apps, make sure to go right now and subscribe to the Midas Touch YouTube channel. It is the fastest growing pro-democracy channel out there. I am blown away every single day. It's like 2,000 subscribers, 3,000 subscribers. Really incredible to watch the growth. And it shows you that there is a place right now people need unapologetically pro-democracy media. And that's what we promise to be today and every single day. Yeah, look, these podcasts are free. So come on, the least you can do is hit subscribe. <laughs> <laughs> you like, we know you enjoy these podcasts um, because you write to us and the numbers are huge. But just also just just hit subscribe on it, please. We, we would really appreciate it. Takes half How else are you going to see Ben and his sombrero? And le leave a, yeah, leave a five-star review also. I want to talk, though, about the January 6th hearing uh, coming up. If you're listening to this um, on the day it drops, of course, we do this podcast live on YouTube. And the YouTube live is Monday, July 11th, 2022. It drops on audio July 12th, 2022 on Tuesday. So these hearings, for context of when you're listening to this part um, of the podcast. I would say the beginning of our show was evergreen. So, uh, so this part though is a bit ever is a bit less evergreen because we're going to be talking about tomorrow um, as we're doing it live or today if you're downloading this on the audio pod. But um, on July 12th, 2022, starting at 1 p.m. Eastern and pre-coverage beginning at 12 Eastern, uh, on the Midas Touch YouTube channel, we will have coverage of the next Jan 6th uh, hearing. We know a little bit about the witnesses who are going to be testifying or a witness. Jason Van Tattenhove, Jason Van Tattenhove, an oath, former Oath Keeper, Keeper spokesman, a propagandist for the Oath Keepers. I think he refers to himself as that. I, I don't believe Jason was uh the if you know the propagandist if you will on january 6th he was not um but he testified i believe back in march i remember seeing video of him leaving the uh, committee hearing back then and i think the context that he is going to give is i think he will be anchoring the testimony with the clips that are going to be surrounding it and anchoring it with the understanding 
that the Oath Keepers, like the Proud Boys, is a terrorist organization designed to overthrow the United States government with intent plans and actually having have these relationships with top level MAGAs and Trumpers and and people like that. Um, And so I think what you'll find and the importance of Jason's testimony is the Oath Keepers is not just some normal group, right? They're proud boys. These are not just normal groups. These are terrorist organizations. These are terrorists. These are people like Timothy McVeigh who want to kill Americans, who want to overthrow, and that they were there on January 6th to overthrow our government at the behest of Donald Trump, at the behest of other top Trump lieutenants. And I think that's how they're going to utilize him and kind of anchor it with the clips and stuff around it. But I know that they've got really, really, really compelling clips. And what were we going to say, Brett? I was going to, and to add to that, I think a big focus of tomorrow of what's being reported is what they're going to speak about on Tuesday's January 6th hearings is how Donald Trump himself and people around Trump directed these far right groups, these terrorist groups, such as the Proud Boys, the Oath Keepers, and so on to obstruct Biden's certification. Um, they're going to talk about, they're going to make those connections, and they're also going to play some of the most compelling parts of uh, Pat Cipollone's uh, speech, or Pat Cipollone, a former White House uh, counsel. And so, as we all know, not a speech, his uh, his testimony before the January 6th committee that happened last week. So very uh, curious and, and very interested to see, as, as you all know, listeners of this podcast, listeners of Legal AF podcast know that Pat Cipollone sat with the January 6th committee for more than eight hours giving testimony. And apparently the testimony was pretty damning. So we are excited to see the video of that. Uh, It's going to shape up to be another bombshell hearing. So make sure that you're tuned in. Make sure you're watching right here on the Midas Touch YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Midas Touch. For all those listening, you'll be able to find it there. We got some of the really the best analysts um, across the board here. Just real people, raw unapologetically pro-democracy the way it should be. None of that both sides BS. Thanks to everybody who has been watching with us and make sure to tell a friend because our democracy really hangs on the thread of these January 6th hearings and hangs on justice for January 6th and ensuring that something like that can never happen again. So it's just so important. We will see you uh, tomorrow at the hearings. I'm sure you'll be tuning into the Midas Touch YouTube channel. Also, check out store.midastouch.com, store.midastouch.com. Get your Midas Touch Pro Democracy gear, some bestsellers on that store.midastouch.com website. I know Jordy always rocks the Midas Touch gear. Uh, Oh, Let's go. Let's go. Anyone. Thanks for uh, listening to this episode of the Midas Touch podcast. Great to have Brett back. Brothers, time to, time to time to get back to uh, our other work um, in, uh, in making videos and getting articles out there and breaking news and do doing it, interviews. We got a lot. We, have a, we got a lot to do. Thank you, everybody, for listening to this episode of the Midas Touch podcast. Wait, I have one, I have one quick thing. I think so for tomorrow, everyone needs to BYO PDF. Bring your own pro-democracy friend. Shout out to the Midas Mighty! Midas!